0: Bye. <laughs> back to another episode of the red reporter podcast we have taken a nice little casual vacation break since the end of the season um here we are november 13th uh, the evening of and uh uh, we're jumping back into things because, uh, the hot stove is kind of time, starting to get fired back up again. Um, tis the season, both, uh, uh, in the baseball world and for, uh, my two guests tonight, both of whom are back in frigid Ohio, where apparently it has snowed. Um, so, uh, yeah, it is the season to start looking forward to the next year and what the hell the Reds are going to do to get themselves better for next year. So we don't have to suffer through another season of trying to explain 90 freaking losses. Um. I'm Wick. I'm your host for uh, this episode yet again. Joining me tonight over in Columbus, Ohio, we have the inimitable Charlie Scrabbles. Mr. Scrabbles, how are you, buddy? Thank you for having me, Wick. Well, you're you're welcome for being hacked. Um, no. Um, <laughs> no uh, no uh,
1: podcast listeners here? All right. Moving on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also joining us is as uh, a former fearless leader, BK down in Cincinnati. Uh, Brandon, what's going on, buddy? Not much, gentlemen. How's it going? Um, it's going pretty well uh, so far. Um, we are what about a week and a half, two weeks removed from the uh, the end of the World Series, and we've already seen the Reds uh, publicly connected to the likes of Yasmani Grandal, Didi Gregorius, uh, Howie Kendrick. Marcelo Zuna, um, the Reds actually look like they have money and are talking to people, which is the weirdest damn free agent development uh, I can remember. Um, you know, we were uh, the, there was that meme getting kicked around on Twitter the last couple of days about uh, there are only you know the less than two months left in the decade. What have you accomplished? And uh, I, I feel like I was staring at that right next to staring at Reds trade rumors, and I was uh... like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this entire decade, the Reds have not only not done basically anything. They've won no postseason series and have not been back to the postseason since that one awful game in 2013. Um, But one thing they definitively have not done at all is dive into the free agent market um, and or spend money really at all aside from extending some of their own guys. And it looks like this winter is going to be definitively different uh, in that regard, or at least they're, they're certainly doing a pretty good lip service in that, in that regard. So, um, I guess just, what are your thoughts initially on seeing the early, um, uh, uh, leads, I guess, um, on what the Reds are interested in and, and we'll get into specifics on that later, but just the fact that they're connected to this many of the top three agents, uh, at this point in the mark, uh, of the winter, uh, BK, what do you think, man?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think they're just going to go get all those guys, right? You know, yeah, have <laughs> and then so you're going to have Ozuna, you're going to have Gregorius, everything's going to be great. But no, uh, I, I mean, I think that it's encouraging to see them kind of mentioned with these other teams. Um, obviously, they're not going to get. They they might you know make a move for one or two of these guys. Um, I I think that it's. I don't think they're really in for Ozuna. I think that's probably. Not a move that they're gonna they're gonna make, but um, you know it's it's definitely encouraging to see them mentioned. Um, you know, obviously they haven't really been in this position ever, or at least in the last whenever they signed Francisco Cordero, which is still I think their their largest uh, free agent contract deal, right? That was that,
0: was that still back in red zone era? Was that, uh, was that Red Reporter yet? Um, Might've
2: been in the very, very early days of Red Reporter. Yeah. 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 Uh, That's, Uh,
0: uh,
2: yeah, definitely before my time. Uh, Yeah. Before me. (laughs) um,
0: Yeah. I mean, aside Um, aside from that, it's what, it's like two years and 16 million to Ryan Ludwig. Um yeah. and then uh the position
2: player, which, and,
0: then, and then like the international signings of Chapman and Iglesias, and even at that point the Reds were a freaking mystery team. Um so yeah, right. like they
2: kind of came out of nowhere, so they weren't really <laughs> mentioned as like yeah. the, the team. Um so it's it's definitely it's it's encouraging. I don't really know what to think about it because we've never really been in this position.
0: <laughs> they haven't overpaid for anybody, so we can't criticize them for yeah, having yeah, interest right, yet. Yeah. So it's going to be really really interesting to see how how, how they are I mean, capable of getting in more.
2: They haven't missed out on all of these guys yet either. So yet, yet. We're, we're still at one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah it's crazy. It, it is all
1: so much fun though. Like it, it, like you were saying, like we've, they've never been on any free agents of any regard ever. And to see like there's like five names already. like it's not even it's not even the middle of November, I guess we're at the middle of November, but it's the middle of November, and there's like five names that they're attached. This is incredible. Like
0: this I've, I'm, I'm so titillated by it. I know. like the Reds have even like lost out to somebody else because they got outbid free agency they've just yeah they just not, been, not been in yeah. you know
2: they've not been bid.
0: <laughs> but yeah like they, i mean it's 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 the it's the weirdest damn thing there's no denying that um you know it's 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 it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they actually do put their money where their mouth is. Because if you look at just the basic numbers of where things sit right now and where they could go, um, the reds have roughly, if the arbitration estimates are to be believed and the guaranteed money on the payroll after bonuses and yada, 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 um, they're at about $113 million right now. They spent $126 million last year. Um, and they've, you know, by all accounts suggested that they're going to go well beyond that. Um, you get into non-tenders, guys like Kevin Gosman, Derek Dietrich, Jose Peraza, blah, blah, blah. You shed two or three of those guys, you can get down into that almost $100 million payroll level before you even jump into all the additions you're wanting to make this winter. Um, they could have $40 million in payroll for the 2020 season uh, to be able to add in. And when you start talking about guys like Grandall, guys like Gregorius I think are the two guys who probably sand to – Uh, Of the people they've been linked to so far, uh, get the highest guaranteed uh, amount of money. Um, The fact of the matter is, A, they should be able to afford both of them if those are the two guys they pinpoint that they want to go get and spend the money to get them. Um, And and B, even if they do that, that $140 million payroll – is going to still be basically right at or slightly below league average, which should end up being somewhere around $140, $145 million for next year too. So um, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where the Reds talk about their willingness to spend. Uh, they got a long way to go. They got a lot of money to spend just to be an average spending team. And that's one of those things that's, you know, you got to keep it in context with where they are or where they have been and where they sit relative to the rest of, of the baseball world. But um, aside from that, as another thing I was looking, looking towards that I was kind of trying to figure out when – planning on who they could and maybe would sign. Um, they don't have a, little, a lot of money that's going to start picking up uh, after this year either. You know, you look at guys like Trevor Bauer, you look at Anthony Discafani, uh those guys are in the final year under team control. And that's, you know, $24, 25000000 million that's going to be coming off the books. Um, but then you look at the, some of the contracts they signed, guys like Joey Votto, guys like Tucker Barnhart, Eugenio Suarez, Rysel Iglesias. Um, those are almost kind of fixed-level salaries, so there aren't any big surprises on the guaranteed deals that are going to pop up after this year either. So um, if the Reds are committed to actually spending some money, not just for the 2020 season, um, you can get two big free agent guys like that and then still have a pretty manageable payroll in that same range for next year. So they're automatically locking in um, either being at $160 in 2021 or having to shed a bunch of guys. uh, I think that's kind of one of those sustainable things. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out um, in this process. Um, More specifically, though, um, of those guys, of the the four names that we've heard mentioned, um, which one jumps off the page to you as the guy who seems like the best fit and or the guy that uh, looks like he might be the most realistic target? Uh, for these Reds. Uh, Scrabs, how about you go first? Uh, yeah, so uh, what do we got? We got Grendal and Gregorius and Ozuna
1: and. Um, who am I missing? Um,
0: Howie Kendrick. Kendrick I guess. Okay.
1: Um, yeah, I. It, I think um, I'd like to think that Didi's is probably the best, uh, the best going forward. I, you know, with Grandal, he's, he's 31 and he's catching like, I mean, I love the guy. I mean, clearly he's a, a good ball player, but I don't know if I want to lock in four years of a, of a catcher um, at that age. Uh, Didi seems like, you know, he's, uh, he's what, a year younger than that. I think he's 30 coming in now. And, you know yeah. he's he's clearly a you know a high level athlete I think or you know and like he's a you know he's a really athletic dude it seems like he might age pretty well um, so I, I think I would probably lean towards uh, DD Ozuna uh, I'm yeah I'm not having any of that at all but uh, yeah the, the, the one I'm <laughs> the one I'm looking most at is DD I think
2: BK yeah, what do you think Yep uh, I totally agree I think that. You know, when you look at what the Reds need um, and kind of where their holes are, um, and honestly, overall, I, I feel like with the guys that they've been mentioned with, it's it's encouraging more than anything to see that they're being mentioned with the right kind of guys, right? The guys mm-hmm. that, when you look at the free agent market and you look at this Reds roster current as it stands, um, you know, they really could use a catcher. They could use a guy like Grandal, big bat the lineup. They could use a shortstop um, like DD, they, and I think, you know, for, for where the Reds are, it seems like DD is probably the best fit. Um, they don't really have, they don't have another option in the system and they don't really have one coming over the next couple of years either to where, you know, you can look at that position and say, Oh, we just need to stopgap here for, you know, the next year or two. Even, you know, with catcher, I know we talked about it on the last pod, but, you know, with Tyler Stevenson you know, on his way over the next couple of years, um, you know, maybe I, I think that would preclude getting someone like Randall for, you know, a five or six year deal. But, you know, a guy like Didi, there's not really a shortstop anywhere close. You know, you really have Jose Peraza is the only other guy that is around the big league roster. And you know, he hasn't really done anything the last couple of seasons. So um, to at least to show you that he's going to be that heir apparent um, for the future. So you really are looking on the trade market and, you know, how many teams are going to part with a young shortstop at this point. Um, so, you know, DD, I think is a great fit for that. You know, obviously he came up through the red system. Um, and so a lot of familiarity there. He has reportedly said that he loved, Playing with the red system, which can be nothing but good. So, um, to me, I think uh, he has to be the the top. Yeah, I think maybe.
0: Yeah, I, oh, I'm sorry. Think go, I,
2: ahead.
0: I, no, no, I you go ahead. No, I was going to mention
1: uh, uh, Jose Israel Garcia uh, as a shortstop. He's what he was in Double A this year. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, which you know, if, if you're going to like keep a space open for a true step of the future. He's hopefully going to be a better looking shortstop in the future than a guy like Jose Israel Garcia. I mean, he's fine; like he's a decent enough prospect. But I'm there's you'd be crazy to pin uh, a, a franchise. Yeah, a guy he's like that. He's, not,
2: he's not like a Carlos. Yeah, guy. yeah, he's not like Danby Swanson or you know, big time. Yeah, prospect right.
0: At and, and let's be honest, the way I always look at, at, at shortstop prospects, I look at them as future shortstops or second baseman. Um yeah. and you look up at where the red shortstop situation is and you look if there's any stalwart at second base, there's not. You know, second base is just as wide open right now as shortstop is too. So even if Garcia, who uh yeah, he was at a high A toner for most of this year and hit very, very well in the fall league and is one of those guys they spent a lot of money to get, even if he breaks out next year. Okay, he can play second base too. You know, you okay. you make you, you make that work. Um, for me, I look at it kind of as a like for, you know parallel parallel views, but looking at, at at two different players. I think Didi's the guy who they need the most because there isn't someone else there. Um, Yasmani Grandal is the best player out there they could sign. And mm-hmm. uh, you know when you when you start figuring in like what are the odds of getting somebody and how high you would go and how much we would spend for one another, I think Didi almost yeah. is that guy they have to walk away with because as we mentioned, you know Jose Iglesias for for what he brought this year and it was a fine stopgap whatever. Um, he's also over thirty and not a guy who looks like he has nearly the upside of Didi. Uh, I think Didi Gregorius is the one person you really have to identify and say we're getting him. We would like to get him on. X number of years and X number of million dollars, but if it takes more than that to get him, we get him because we got to have them. Uh, with Grandal, uh, I could see them getting outbid by somebody who really wanted to throw the moon at him, much like they did with uh, JT Realmuto last year in the trade market. Um, it was clear the Reds thought and sought an upgrade at the catching position behind the plate and went out for one of the two absolute elite catchers in the market. They just got outbid. They didn't have a six to Sanchez. They were willing to give up and Philadelphia got him because of it. Uh, I can see the same thing happen with Grandal too. We talked about it. He'll be 31 next year. Um, he's one of those guys who uh, obviously is a switch hitter and could hit from the right side, can cover at first base a little bit, uh, you know, pushed what 600 plate appearances this year as a result of that. But when you've got a guy like Joey Votto and the, you know, the DH and the NL is still up in the air. That's a lot of question marks to where you, you, you got to find the right scenario to make him the right sign. Um, the one thing about it is though, and, that, and that's what I was going to get at also before we talked about Marcelo Zuna um, if you sign Grandall, suddenly you've got Tyler Stevenson as a trade chip. And if you've got a guy like that as a trade chip, because he's not going to be your catcher of the future because you signed a catcher for four years and you've still got Tucker around and Casale around, um, suddenly he becomes a very good trade chip. Uh, and you can use him to go out and address other things elsewhere. So, um, you know, uh, having him around I think is a good thing to have. Um, but I also don't think it precludes wanting to sign Grandall for for what he is and what he could be. Um And that brings me back to Ozuna. You know, I don't think Ozuna is the guy that they have to have at the top of their list. But on a reasonable deal, if his market falls to where the Reds think he's signable, um, I'm still amenable to that. I mean, you look up at, um, you know, uh, the idea of having a a perfectly healthy and uh, uh, emerging Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel, and uh, RSTD Zucchino in the outfield – yeah, that'd be great. That's best-case scenario, and that would be totally, totally awesome. But look at where the Reds started with their uh, outfield at the start of last year. You know, At the start of last year, you had Winker. You had Sinzel. You had uh, Scott Shevler, You got <laughs> you had Matt Kemp. You had Yasiel Pui. Shevler <laughs> was there. Aquino was an afterthought. Phil Orvin was around. Um, all of those guys were there, and yet still here we are at this time this year – and we're saying, wow, maybe an outfield like a you know outfield's perfect. We don't need any extra help. Maybe they do, you know. Maybe they really yeah. do need like another big bat for the outfield because you can find a way to make that work. Um, Ozuna, on the other hand, just seems like a guy that you know if you brought him in, it would have to be on a shorter term deal than I think what he wants, meaning two, maybe three years. Um, and I just don't know if that's one of those things that 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 is going to. I don't know how badly this market is going to impact him, put it that way, because we've seen guys in previous winners, you know, like Mike Moustakis. I feel like Ozuna and Moustakis are two guys that are kind of similar in that regard, guys who are like the second option for a lot of teams, and nobody was willing to spin on them once they got past the first option. He falls in the lap the way that Moustakis has for teams the last two years. Okay, well, you were one of the teams that had interest in him early.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, I mean that 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 totally makes sense, you know. If there's um if he can be had at a at a surprisingly reasonable deal then yeah, I mean, of course, you know, I'm going to I'm going to look at something like that, but to it, you know to, to, to pursue him as like a a top of the line like you were saying, like top of your free agent list and pursue him from the very beginning as, you know, we're willing to spend, you know, x and mx of money for you. Uh, he's just—he's so underwhelming in so many regards that I'm. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm looking yeah. at two or yeah, three other guys before I, I even I, have a conversation about Ozuna. Yeah, yeah, I, would, I, mean? I would
2: think that you know, especially for a team like the Reds, a guy like Ozuna is, you know, more of a depth play, and it's—it's it's kind of like a nice to have player. Where hey, if you could get this another big bat in the lineup to just to have, you know, hey, you're you're going to be a better team. Yeah. Just a one objection. I, don't even, I mean, I don't consider yeah, him a big bad.
1: Even um, sorry he, he to, to interrupt like that. The Red's
2: offense for sure. It, it and, but clear, at the same time, uh, when, it, when you look at a guy like Didi, like they need, uh, yeah, they need, so. trust. they need somebody right, who can play right. there who isn't Jose Iglesias, right? Yeah. Like um, they need to address that first, and then you know, hey, if Absolutely, you have money yeah, left over but, and you have yeah. Ozuna still on the market and. Still need the team. I think
0: I think that's the biggest aspect about all this is when you're talking about a team finally being willing to jump into the free agent market. That's potentially twenty million dollars for next year that they don't know if they're going to be able to spend it or not. You know, um, you yeah. sign DD for uh, three years and forty two million dollars, whatever, and that that's you know fourteen million a year, and you, you chalk that up. We talked about if they're at one hundred million dollars after the non tender Kevin Gosman, and they want to get to one forty you swing big at Yaz money and maybe he doesn't sign, but you have to block off enough money to be able to sign him. And maybe that's 16 million for next year. Maybe it's 18. Maybe, Maybe who knows exactly what they're willing to spend on it. But if you miss out on him, then what, you know, it's not like it. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't remember. Did they were they related to any of the uh, yes. Grandal rumors yeah, they last were. year when it, it was free not, I don't remember not any of that. Not very public, but yes. After the fact, they they definitely revealed that there had been some contact with him. Uh-huh. Um, I, to what extent, I have no idea. And obviously, mm. Milwaukee got him for one year at eighteen million. So um, whatever it was they were offering wasn't wasn't enough for him to say yes. But he uh, turned out. It turned out reportedly four years and $60 oh, yeah, yeah. Million from the Mets. Uh, odds are that's kind of the deal he's probably going to be wanting to get at this point this year. You know, if you're the Reds and you block off that kind of money knowing that you need him and you need offense and you don't get him, uh, I don't think the Reds are in a position to head into 2020 and be like, well, we didn't get the guy that we want, so we're just going to save that money. I, I think they know they've got to put it somewhere else. and I think Ozuna would be a, a plan mm-hmm. C if they don't get – a guy like Grant Dahl, you know? Um, so yeah. So at least I, when I see those it's rumors, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping it's just them touching base and just kind of staying in contact more than anything else because mm-hmm. uh, I don't think there's any reason in any world that he should be the primary target unless, as I mentioned in in the piece about the rumor yesterday or wherever the hell it was, that the Reds are still going to consider themselves to be active in the trade market too. Um, and if they are going to be active in the trade market, the way that they've thinned their – uh, uh, minor league ranks over the last year uh, with trades, um, they've got some young outfielders that could be very attractive to certain teams if the right players became available. Um, you know, Winker and Senzel and Aquino obviously have their, their flaws. They also, obviously also have their, their extreme upside scenarios, um, but they're three guys who are pre-arbitration guys with a lot of team control and are cheap. And when you start talking about some of the biggest uh, potential trade chips out on the market this winter, and how those would fit with the Reds, um, you got to think a lot of the teams that that, that the Reds would be calling about trade guys would be very interested in their outfielders too. You know, uh, if the Reds are going to get in on a guy like Francisco Lindor or a guy like Trevor Story, uh, just kicking names out there, a guy like Whit Merrifield, uh, if he's a guy that that the Reds consider to be a a top trade target. where they might be needing to trade from is from their outfield depth. And if that happens, uh, you trade Jesse Winker for one of those guys, and suddenly Marcelo Zina looks a lot better and a lot more of a need uh, in a corner outfield spot than he does at this point too. So um, for me, I look at these rumors as one big rumor as opposed to individual rumors. And if that's the case, it seems like the Reds are certainly being pretty diligent about getting their, uh, uh, their feet wet in all of the possible pools uh, and seeing how things shake out. And I think that's the pretty prudent way to do this. Yeah. Um, Good metaphor. yeah, feet and pools. It's freezing cold and <laughs> middle of, middle of winter out here. Uh, yeah, so um, I guess the other big news uh, of late uh, is that none of the Reds' uh, rookies finished anywhere in the top of the nationally rookie of the year voting, which was a bummer and mm. uh, predictable based on how the season finished for a lot of them. But Cy Young voting came out tonight, and considering the Reds had one of the best pitching staffs, or at least starting pitching groups, um in recent Reds history if not entire Reds history uh we were watching that a little bit closely to see how things shook out and um unfortunately Luis Castillo's second half slump uh, prevented him from finishing with any votes this year despite an overall great season but Sonny Gray one of the big guys they acquired last year in their big moves and a guy they extended for a lot of money um finished seventh he got a lot of uh fourth and fifth place votes I think um Uh, well voted on by the Cincinnati section of the Baseball Writers Association of America. Um, And as a result, he picked up a $500,000 bonus for each of the four years remaining on his contract for his seventh-place finish this year, which means he basically got voted uh, a $2 million total guarantee bonus, which is good for him. Um, So uh, that was cool. I I guess just what are your thoughts on – You know, we we keep talking about uh, the Reds' free agents uh, uh, that they've been connected with, but that's a pretty good segue back into um, their starting pitching, which is the strength of the team uh, at this juncture. And Sonny was the best of the best, so maybe just uh, wax poetic on Sonny's season and uh, maybe how that that, that could get a little bit better given who else the Reds have brought in to help uh, their entire pitching situation at the big league and minor league level um heading into next year. Uh scraps what do you think, man?
1: Man, how much of a fucking grand slam was that trade, man? I mean, getting Sunny for what what uh Shed Long and a pick? Like, man, let's uh let every now and again you, you just got to take a step back and remember like damn, this uh Reds front office really killed that one. Like they get a big they, thumbs they up. Got a, one, they got so. a they got a
0: pitcher too, um, didn't they? Um who Else was in that deal? Oh, god, I'm drawing a blank. Uh oh, um, yeah, no, what's the kid's name? Um,
1: yeah, the you know, uh, Saint Martin, was yes, it? Rupert Saint Martin? Martin, yeah,
0: that's right,
1: yeah, yeah. um, yeah, like uh, that could not have worked out any better. I mean, Sonny, uh, like, he they fixed him, you know, uh, apparently, Derek Johnson really knows uh, this guy and the. The the whole uh, you know bringing the coach back together with the player and you know la 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 like that whole storyline like coming into spring was a little I don't know it, it's a little best shape of my life kind of I sounding you know it. what I mean <laughs> um, but God damn it worked out <laughs> no nah, I mean it, it, it worked out like I was kind of rolling my eyes about it but man no they, it was it was all on so yeah I'll uh, I'll eat my hat on that one yeah, it was great and I the
0: extension so far I mean even if he continues to get all the bonuses. Because of it, that means the extension looks that much better, even though it costs more. Because he's done well enough to earn all those bonuses as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm extremely interested to see how uh, uh, you know Calvody uh, coming in and Caleb Cotton getting an advanced role as well, and all that stuff just continues to parlay with the way this entire pitching uh, um, section of the franchise continues to grow. I, I think that's one of the bigger developments of um, not just what the Reds have in house and how that's going to continue to uh uh hopefully develop significantly better than it has for the last i don't know the entire history of the franchise um but also what sure. what it could do in free agent negotiations and free agent discussions as well and you know you wonder uh you look up at at at, at Tucker Barnhart, year over year from 2018 to 2019, with the new staff and the new coaches and everything else, and now his pitch framing went from being one of the worst in all of baseball to one of the best in all of baseball. Um, then you look up at who the guys, uh, who the Reds targeted in real mudo last winter. In Grandal, in theory, this winter, uh, two of the other guys who are who have consistently rated as some of the best pitch framers in baseball, um, and you wonder if that's part of the scheme. You know, it's more than just the offense, and obviously they've talked extensively about one of the offensive upgrades. Um, but you see them targeting the the catchers that work the best with pitchers, and you're like, hmm, okay, maybe this is a larger larger theme here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean they're they're definitely. I think when uh, when Dick Williams took over, it it seems like they really did kind of say, "Okay, we have to be you know more contemporary with our baseball other front offices here. Like we can't we can't continue it like this. We have to come up with the uh, we got to keep up with the Joneses, right?" So they've definitely put into all of the 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 trendy new. Uh, you know uh analytic level you know high level stuff that uh, other organizations you know houston's been doing this for for years now you know and it's like they're finally catching up with that and it's it's showing like you know the results are there like that's yeah it's really heartening
2: yeah i mean if that had any like impetus in getting sunny gray you know if they were looking at that and and said hey like Here's this one mechanic thing we can fix with him, and he can be you know the pitcher that he was before he went to New York. I mean, credit all credit in the world goes to you know the scouting staff, the, co- the you know coaching staff for for fixing him, and um, the front office for having the balls to make that deal.
0: Yeah, you know, for for me, the funniest part about it is is that now every time I see the Reds have interest in so and so player, um, beforehand you knew what stats to look to. To see why the front office was enamored with such and such player, um, now it's it's you're looking for different things. You know, knowing that, that Bodie signed on, knowing that Derek Johnson's there, you see they have interest in a guy like Kevin Gosman, and you're like, well, for the first time in 15 years, I don't have to go check his ERA. I don't have to go check his home we, we, road splits. You look and see yeah. if he went to Vanderbilt, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for, for, <laughs> for one, yes. Uh, but also, you're like, oh, crap. What's his spin rate? Did somebody tweak with his yeah. pitch mix? Like, um, has he had fluctuations in velocity? Like, you start to look at all the other things that suddenly you know uh, that's why they wanted him. Not because of any of the other basic stats that you you could kind of look up and say, oh, they wanted this guy because he hit 32 home runs last mm-hmm. year. Like, no, it's it's – yeah, right. It's deeper than that. And there are some that are a little bit more of a question mark and some that don't make as much sense. But then you look up and realize, okay, um it, it's a new reason why they wanted them. What is it? Try to find what whatever nugget it is buried yeah. in their stats that says, oh That's the one, that's the, uh, that's the variable that we had been underestimating for the last 10 years. And that's the one that they've pinpointed on. Um, And I think that's just going to get increased to be, uh, be increasingly more fun to follow uh, as this entire pitching coordination system kind of gets implemented. That's
1: what's so exciting, right? Like they pick up a a guy like Kevin Gossman and you're like, you know, five years ago, I would have looked at him like, yeah, this guy gives up tons of home runs. Like he's been terrible since you know the whole season. Like why are they paying that money? This is crap. But now, like they get somebody like that. and I, Like I can't presume that they don't know what they're doing. I guess right. Like yeah. I guess um, I don't know how to put that better. Like they, there's something that they're seeing that I I'm not able to see. Like they're doing higher level things than what like the publicly available you know cutting edge stuff that we can all read. It's there, so you get a guy that looks like he's crap. Well, I don't know. Maybe they see something I
2: don't, and that's so exciting, right? And it, yeah. it's such an indictment on the previous regime. Oh like, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, uh, how, many, so how many, how yeah, many things yeah. A red Reporter write about when it came to? They just signed Jason Marquis. Oh,
1: he's going to stop. <laughs> uh, <he's laughs> right.
0: yeah right uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah with i mean it's incredible like the thing about it is is the things that that just we we try to look for we try to find like that one golden ticket stat so many times um but then you look up at a guy like charlie morton who was uh the definition of an average pitcher when he was with the Pirates. Um, He gets to Houston and turns into this otherworldly dynamo, signs a two-year, $30 million contract with the Rays, and it comes out after the fact. Uh, Charlie, what are you doing different? What did you change? What what were they was, And he literally just said, I wish you could find the quote right in front of me, but he literally just said, I just started throwing harder. I didn't. I didn't realize I needed to throw harder than I've been throwing, and suddenly I was throwing ninety eight. Like, what the fuck? Like, been what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and like with
2: Kevin,
0: you look up at Kevin Gosman, and maybe that's the case with him too. Maybe they brought him in and said, "Hey, uh, you don't look like you're throwing max effort. We're not saying you need to throw max effort." But work out of the bullpen a little bit. Uh, drop your third and fourth pitches. Focus on these two, and just see what happens. And then, boom, he's throwing ninety-eight, yeah, right. and, you're, and you're like, "Oh, okay, all right." Uh, um, how many other guys out there are there that that might fit that mold too? And we talked about DFAing or, or non-tendering Kevin Gosman. He's a big question mark in all this as well because uh, you know he's had. Plenty, <clears throat> excuse me, plenty of years has uh, passed with the Orioles and uh, last year, not last year, I 2018, not 2019 with the Braves, where he's pitched very well as a starting pitcher. Reds didn't use him as such, brought him over to be a bullpen guy, but is set to make 10 million bucks next year. Um, we all kind of concede that's a lot to, to, to spend on a guy that might be the sixth best starter and has no experience as a reliever. He's a guy I'm interested to in find out about, too. Like, there's a part of me that thinks that they're, they're working with him in some secret laboratory and then Goodyear, uh, showing him his spin rates and trying to focus on whittling down to two pitches and changing a grip. And he might come out throwing 103 and be the best bargain in the market uh, next year. Because um, we've got bad scientists running the team's pitching staff now. Yeah. And that's, that's so strange to think about
1: how pissed off would red reporter have been five years ago if they had spent $10 million on Kevin Gospin? Like this is the stupidest thing. Right. But now like this year, I'm like, well, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe like, I don't know. I can't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's exciting. Like it's it's that that it's incredible, right? But as as an aside, of course, the top three vote getters and Cy Young voting this year were Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and Charlie Morton, who were all on the Astros just last year, right? Like the Astros. I I don't know what the hell they're doing, but it's insane, right? Well, technically,
0: we do know sort of what they're doing. Um, <laughs> I set them up, you knock them down, buddy. <laughs> and, 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 and at least offensively, because uh, the whole uh, the the biggest news in the baseball world, aside from the Cincinnati Reds having money and and talking to everyone, um, is uh, uh, yeah, uh, is. Uh, um, The Astros basically getting – I don't even want to say thrown under the bus by Mike Fires because Mike Fires has been a journeyman throwing 88 miles an hour everywhere he's been. uh, Threw a freaking no-hitter against the Reds for Oakland this year, whatever. Somebody asked him a question, he answered it. Uh, But basically saying, yeah, uh, the Astros have been not just uh, stealing signs. They've made a very aggressive, very technologically advanced um, uh, concerted effort to do so and have since – at least the 2017 season when they won a World Series championship. So um, I guess what are your thoughts on that uh, as it relates to not just what the Astros have done and how all of their uh, strikeout rates somehow evaporated offensively after they reportedly started doing all this, um, but also just – Cheating in baseball, and, and whether or not you think the Astros are the only team doing any of this, and, uh, and what the ramifications should be from the fact that this has come out. Uh, BK, how about you start, man?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say they're definitely one thousand percent not the only team doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, As far as, or at the very least, trying to do it. You know, they the saying is, you know, if you are not if you are not cheating, you are not trying, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I you know I I think that every team is kind of has their own version of this, whether it's as sophisticated as, as what the Astros had put together or not. But, you know, I I think that, you know, maybe it, it may have helped them in a couple of situations, but when you look at the improvements that, um, especially on the pitching side that they made, like, obvious, like you can't, that isn't going to explain all of their, their pitchers just being amazing. Right. Like, That that doesn't explain Charlie Morton finding finding a fastball.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, So there's definitely more to play to their success than that. I, I think a lot of people today have been trying to be like, oh, well, you know, oh, they cheated. So you know, it's not as as much of an accomplishment.
0: My my, let's, let's, my 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 addendum to that though is is that if they're cheating in this advanced in this way, how many other ways are they cheating that we haven't caught them at? Also, you know, that's that's the other <laughs> part of it. It's like, yeah. all right, well, if they're if they're basically stealing signs and using videotape to do it, they're doing using audio signals from the dugout, blah 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 blah. What else are they doing? Like, what else are they doing that they haven't gotten caught with yet? But um, but yeah, to your, to your point, I, I think uh, it's crazy to think that that every team out there isn't doing at least something trying to get that extra advantage. This seems like it's a little bit on the extreme side. But, again, I would be shocked if there's a team out there that was like, wait, teams have been stealing signs and stealing pitches? What? Ah, like, no, that's not the Oh, games. you
2: mean the, the Cardinals and the Pirates both, both haven't came out to, to say that exact same thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow.
0: That, they don't play the baseball the right way. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like even even the Dodgers even the Dodgers were savvy enough in the 2017 World Series to reportedly have Chase Utley try to find out if Darvis was tipping pitches. Um, and he was like, "No, he's not," but they knew to look for that because they knew something was up. Like, if you know something's up, you know that that's what things are going on. You know, teams are constantly trying to steal signs. There's a reason why. For 100 years, if there's a runner on second base, you go through a different sequence of signs coming from the catcher, Um, all that stuff. Uh, So it's it's, it's not um, a foreign substance to the game of baseball. The question just is, um, is this an isolated instance of the one thing they were doing to get ahead of the pack? Or is this just the tip of the iceberg, not just for them, but for everybody else out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm with I'm with Beaker on this. Like everybody's doing this, right? Like it's pretty clear. the The depth of it, though, that's that's the really fascinating part. Like, wh- I, I guess it, I don't know if I would assume there would even be a bad thing either if they were you know much more sophisticated in these attempts. Like like you said, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Like if I'm if I know that other teams are trying to catch my signs, I need to get better signs, right? Like that's the way the game goes, right? Like, I just need to get better at that, which yeah, yeah. It sucks because there are rules against this kind of stuff. But again, like these things, uh, everybody is doing it. And unless you're going to actually crack down on this stuff, which I don't think baseball wants to do because it's, it's so ubiquitous and it's so, it's so integral to the game in a lot of respects. Um, but it's, I, I don't, I don't really know, uh, where they're, you know, where they go with it here.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what you would even enforce if you were trying to enforce something like that would involve the league figuring out what was going on, which they didn't this, this past time. Right. So, right. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, like maybe the league puts a, another uh, punishment in for, but
0: even then people are still going to do it as long as they are going to win. Right. Yeah. And like, you, you, like so, much like, much like regulating the shift on defense, like, Every team knows which three pitches every opposing pitcher throws. You know, yeah. the, a guy comes in the bullpen, you've scattered him. You know exactly if he throws a four-seamer or a two-seamer, you know, if he throws a split finger or if a curveball or a slider, you know, if he's a knuckleball. You know all of that beforehand. So, you know, preemptively, you have already whittled it down to one of three pitches and one of three options as is. That's totally allowed. You're allowed to videotape and scout and look at all these guys. Yeah. Um, in football, uh, Peyton Manning, we get to the line of scrimmage and be like, hmm, I recognize this. He's going to blitz. I'm changing my play, like all of that, like it's part of it. It's 100% part of it because of the ebb and the flow. Um, but you got to think some of like the in-game stuff is what needs to uh, to have at least a little bit of a tweak because, um, you know, sticking a guy with a camera in the outfield and having a microphone going to the dugout, and the dugout banging on walls to give the, the batter a heads up, like that seems to be a little bit – more than i think what the even the spirit of the unwritten rule would suggest which is you know okay if you think you this guy's tipping pitches and you have a way of letting your guys know do so but you can't bring in um third party non-players uh with binoculars and cameras and everything else uh that to me seems like that's going a bit over the line um you know yeah. if the same reason we're shifting as I brought that up just to, to circle back on that. Like I, I don't think Rob Manford can regulate like, mm, this defender has to stand on this side of second base. So we can't get the ground ball five feet that way uh, until the ball is hit like that. Red. That's like, If you want to stand on the other side of second base, do so. Much like if you want to be able to make sure that this guy doesn't know you're throwing this pitch, do better about hiding it. All of that stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, as long as it's kept within the players and the parameters of uh, you get one glove on one hand and one bat inside (laughs) this box and you throw a ball, you know, so.
2: Yeah, Um, I I, I mean, I think that really where all this is headed is uh, instead of robot umps, robot pitch callers and uh, let's let's go <laughs> just like co- to completely randomized?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah you just no, you, uh, that's, 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 you pull the lever on the uh, uh, on the slot yeah, and, you push, and uh, it rolls up push oh, slider. the bed letter going
0: up on the
2: controller and then that <laughs> tells you what this no, this is what happens.
0: So, uh, yeah, so to protect pitchers on the mound, they get to wear football helmets that have microphones in them, and then the manager, then the managers get to wear visors and headsets just like in football as well, and then they get to talk to the pitcher from the dugout themselves and tell them exactly what pitches to throw. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, more more football. That's what we need. Um, yeah. Well, good stuff, guys. Well, um, felt good to get back on the uh, the pod and train since we've been off for a couple of weeks, kind of letting the uh, the 2019 season wind down as we ramp up for what the hell the 2020 season is going to be. But I feel like we've had enough um, intriguing rumors slash potential news about what the Reds are up to this winter to where it was time to jump back in this particular week. So um, hopefully, with the uh, the winter, I guess the GM meetings are just now wrapping up uh, today, maybe tomorrow. Um, but we got winter meetings coming up. We got Uh, qualifying offer rejections coming up. we got the non-Tender deadline, all that jazz. So um, hopefully over the next few weeks, we will have plenty of um, juicy Cincinnati Reds information to jump back into and cover on regular episodes of the Red Reporter podcast again. So um, I guess with that in mind, maybe we wrap this one up and, uh, and see what the Reds have in store over the next couple days, weeks or so, and jump back into it when they start making some more, uh, some more waves. So, um, So, yeah, so cool. So, BK, Charlie Scrabbles, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, For all our listeners out there, you can find us at redreporter.com, where we have fresh, juicy nuggets of of Red's information uh, periodically, uh, hopefully more often than not. Um, You can find us on Facebook at Red Reporter Fans. Follow us on Twitter at Red Reporter also. Um, and just type in Red Reporter. We're the only Red Reporter out there. You can find us. uh, Good stuff. (laughs) It's good stuff, guys. For BK, for Scrabs, I'm Wick. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys uh, down the road.